Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. You know, there's something that I like to do whenever there is opportunity to be in front of a church. Because no matter what church you do this, it always works. I don't know why, but God is good. All the time. Doesn't matter what church you go to, it works. It's amazing, and it is absolutely true. Um, you know, I, 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 have, I have spoken in front of large groups plenty of times before without getting nervous, but for some reason, when it comes to preaching, I get real nervous. I don't know what it is. I thought about maybe I should just bring my guitar and sing the sermon. It'd be totally okay. Um, but I was thinking, you know, two weeks ago, we had a baby dedication, and that was it was really cool to be a part of the baby dedication. And then last week, we had baptism, and we had a whole family and some others that got baptized. And I was like, God, what's going to happen this week? And I was like, Oh, must be there's going to be people getting saved today, and uh, I'm I'm real excited about that because we're going to progress, right? And then next Sunday, Jesus will return. Everything will be good. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, and uh, I have to preach on being thankful. I mean, that's kind of a given. If on Thanksgiving, you need to preach on being thankful. And, and I have, uh, hopefully, I'm bringing a little bit of a different twist to it. And I'll tell you, I had three things, three significant things that's happened in my life as a Christian. Uh, well, the first one was becoming a Christian. You know, I committed my life, and I don't know if it was a commitment or a recommitment, because when I was around eight years old, I gave my heart to God, but the, my walk from eight until 19 was just that I was a good person, you know. Uh, but when I was 19, I committed my life to God, and that was a significant moment in my life. And I will tell you, that's first and foremost, there is, if you've not done that yet, I will tell you, there's a hole in your heart that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. And so if this is that third week where people decide that, that'll be awesome. And I'll tell you, there'll be an incredible celebration as well. Uh, But the second thing that was significant in my Christian walk was when I went through a six-month series of systematic theology. It was me and a bunch of other people that we got together once a week for about six months. It was a commitment. And we went through this book called Systematic Theology. And I understood the word at a much deeper level. And I am not a theologian. Trust me. I'm not a theologian. There's definitely some theologians in here. I could name them, but they probably would say, please don't do that. And, uh, but going through that, that process, I really understood the purpose in the word of God at a much clearer level. And I, I'm so glad that I went through that. And especially understanding some of the hard messages. And that was very good. And then the third was just a few years ago. And I went through apologetics. And apologetics was powerful. That, that really got me set to where I understood God's love. But I understood who he was and it was real. Well, let me explain that. You know, I have been, I've heard in throughout, because I was brought up in church, and throughout different preachers and so forth, I've heard about faith, you know, many, many, many times. And in some cases, I heard that, you know, science is kind of 
you know, the evil thing and the Bible is the good thing, which the Bible is a good thing. But I heard that so much that I questioned my faith. And I'm sure plenty of people have questioned their faith as they've walked through their Christian walk. And, and because of Scripture that I would read and hear, you know, from, from pastors and talk about, you know, even last week, uh, he talked about faith. He preached on faith. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm not dissing that. But my, my concern of am I really making the right decision? Is the Bible real? Is God real? And how many times I question that over my life. And then when I went through apologetics, it's never been questioned. And the reason why is because apologetics, which if you don't know, it just means to, the, to be able to defend your faith. And what apologetics did for me was it allowed me to see that science and the Bible are not against each other, but they complement each other. They're interwoven. And I remember the conference that I went to that I just I went through several classes in this conference over the weekend. And I just, I walked away just really super excited. Like, man, this is like a revelation. And I also had wished that my, that I had taught my kids about apologetics. Because I know I would not want them to go through their life questioning their faith like I did. And if they, if I, if I would have taught them apologetics, I know I would feel very comfortable that would never be a question. And, uh, and so those are three marked times in my life and, and on apologetics c.s lewis josh mcdowell john clayton lee stobel i don't know if those names sound familiar but what what do they have in common they were all atheists and they were all looking to disprove the existence of god and they became christians because of the amount of facts that was out there the science that was there, and uh, and I got to I got to listen to Josh McDowell and hit the book that they they all I think wrote books. One, the case of Christ, the evidence that demands a verdict. Does God exist? And and it just you know it's so I, it's so powerful. I highly recommend it. And by the way, kind of a shameless plug, you know there is a a resource that we have that our community groups have access to and use, and you have access to as well, that's got a lot of good information on a ton of topics, and one of those is apologetics. I would be more than happy to get you plugged into that. But I will tell you that the, that, that was a, a major mark in my Christian walk because I don't question my faith anymore because of that interwoven of facts, science, and the Bible, God's Word. You know, I even questioned, was, was God's word, you know, was written by man. And so, you know, humans always make mistakes. So it couldn't be 100% of God. But then after going through apologetics, I realized even that. I mean, it's, it's amazing what it will do for you. And so why did, I, why did I share all that? Well, part of that is because we're going to talk a little bit about being thankful. And we're going to bring science into it as well to I hope that it will open our eyes to even more in depth of why the Bible was so clear of what we should be doing. Let's start with prayer. Father, we just really thank you for this opportunity to come to you, to not only worship you, but to learn more about you and what you have for us. And we just pray, Father, that you would speak to us this morning. 
open our ears and our heart to you. God, you really are awesome, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was 15, I remember walking through my parents' bedroom into the shower, and my mom was listening to a preacher on the TV. And uh, this preacher probably didn't have a very strong theological depth to him, but he made a statement uh, that I listened, that I heard as I was walking into the shower. And the statement was, there are no problems in life, there are only solutions. My kids have heard this because I've shared it with them. Uh, There are no problems in life, only solutions. And I walked into the shower going, what an idiot. There are all kinds of problems in life. And I remember vividly today what it was like when I'm taking the shower in this this light blue shower, tiled shower. And I'm I'm washing my hair just thinking, such an idiot. There's all kinds of problems in life. And then it hit me and I went, oh, if there's a solution, the problem is gone. And I was like, that's brilliant. The guy is brilliant. And, and I, I remember, I mean, it was marked for me in that I was like, this is the way I really, I want to really live my life this way of, of looking at when there's a problem, let's get a solution, get rid of the problem, and it's all good. And I'll tell you that it, it really was such an impact, just that one phrase it was such an impact, I believe that I was able to, to learn how to take situations that are a challenge and make them a positive, make it something that I would appreciate and enjoy. And, and, uh, and the reason why I share that is because you'll hear later on about in the Word and what the Word is showing us, there are some things, traits that can be learned even when they are a challenge. So, I'd like to pull up a scripture, Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 4 through 13. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, could be interpreted gentleness, be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I think that's interesting. Talking about don't be anxious about anything. Well, making that statement, don't be anxious, meaning that there's going to be things that's coming our way that could create anxiety. But instead, in everything, bring to God by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So that's an important piece because it's not that, hey, bring this problem to me, but also bring it with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any Excellence. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned, that's a, key, that's a key phrase, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. 
I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned... That's, again, important. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So you can learn how to be content in any situation. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthened me. So, and if you can pull that up, let's go to science for just a moment. I've got a brief video. It's not even, I think it's right at four minutes. And let's see what science says in response to that. Hopefully it'll come up. So that came from the University of California. So they had to throw in the word evolution. Don't get bugged out about that. What really to focus on is the science that's behind the negative versus positive. And uh, I also say I found some other videos of science that would support what, we, what I wanted to share here. But they were 15 and 20 minutes long. I didn't think you wanted to see that. So. Um, but in other studies that I saw with this is that it was really interesting. There's a graph. And in this graph, if you had a positive experience, here's your baseline. You had a positive experience. You would actually be elevated from that positive experience, and then you would quickly come down. But if you had a negative experience, you would come down to a same point graphically but on the lower end. And instead of coming right back up, it would linger there. And linger for a long time. And then you could have something positive that would happen to you. And that positive would would bring you back up close to the baseline. But you'd actually have to have a couple more things to get to the baseline. Because we linger on the negative. We think on the negative, And we can't seem to get out of the negative. Unless there's a lot of positive that, that overrides that. So going back to that scripture that I shared a second ago. In Philippians chapter 4. And I think it was around verse 8. Where it talks about, you know, what thinking about and dwelling on whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, what what whatever is of excellence. There's there's a lot of value in that. Something else I'll show you, just from a different perspective, and just in your life, you think about it. You know, if you were to go into a uh, your house, and there's say there's multiple people that are living in this house, you go into this house, and if you had if, if it was straightened up from what it was when you left, there's a very good chance that you didn't notice that. Now, I didn't say cleaned. I said straightened up. There's a very good chance you didn't notice that it was straightened up, unless it's a significant change. Maybe one of my kids, if it's straightened up, you go, whoa, I see that. But if you were to, if you were to go into the house and it was pristine, like you've cleaned it, or somebody cleaned it, you walk in, you see that. But just think about the, the, the opposite. You could have a straightened house, and in five minutes, only five minutes, a few things happen, and there's just a few things on the table and maybe something on the floor, and you notice that immediately. It's amazing how we quickly look at the negatives, and yet we don't see the positives, unless it's extreme. I have a, a, a membership at the car wash. I have a 1999 Toyota 4Runner. It's an older car. It's amazing. Once I started, get, when I got that membership, and I take my car to get cleaned every week, it is amazing how many compliments I get on my car about, wow, your car is really clean. Why, why is that? Because the tires are shiny. It looks like new, and I get them all the time. But before 
I never got compliments. My car was pretty much just the same as far as cleanliness, except the tires weren't shiny. But that, that stood out because it was looked pristine. And that's what happens that we, when we see something that's pristine, we'll notice it. If we see something slightly dirty, we notice it. But all the good stuff between that and pristine, it's something we have to consciously look for. And I need better eyesight. So the, what was that? I could have larger words. That's exactly right. I need to be positive. So I had, uh, I, I heard someone speak. It was a few weeks ago. And uh, this person lived in Colorado. And, and they came and visited Wilmington. And they loved Wilmington. And they decided they wanted to move to Wilmington. And they were super excited about moving to Wilmington because Wilmington, you know, they had a great time while they were here, of course. And, and so they, it, for about a year, they got things planned out and they moved from Colorado because why? Colorado, it was really cold, you know, mile high, mile high city. So the breathing probably may not have been as good. There was, there were some challenges there that they saw the peacefulness in Wilmington and then they moved to Wilmington. This is interesting. They moved to Wilmington. They hated it. Absolutely hated it. They couldn't believe, you know, the, the, the humidity and, they, and, you know, the different things, the flatness. You know, they were in Colorado when they had mountains that they could climb and whatever. And this flat, this flat city, it's ridiculous. Yet her goal was to move to Wilmington. This is their retirement place to be. And even though she's young, they're just like lifelong is where they wanted to go. Now all of a sudden she's looking at Colorado again. And she's wanting to move back to Colorado because she was thinking about all the good things of Colorado. Kind of forgot about the bad things of Colorado and, uh, and was wanting to move back to Colorado. Then ran into somebody and that person challenged them and, uh, and, and challenged them that they were looking at the things that they didn't like about Wilmington and, and that they should probably look at what Wilmington has to offer. Well, that person shared that totally changed her mindset and when she changed her mindset she remembered why she wanted to come to wilmington and the reason why she didn't want to be in colorado and now she absolutely loves being here because of that slight change of mindset and uh and that when i heard that i was like that is so powerful when you think about it because i want you to think about whether it's where you live where you work your spouse your kids your relationships of any type you know, what's the first thing when we start having some frustrated thoughts about those situations? We're thinking on the negatives of each one of those. But what does God tell us to do? Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, you know, whatever of, of excellence, think about these things. I was it, interesting. I was actually, uh, as I was studying this and I started seeing the science and I was like, wow, this is more powerful than I realized it was about the negativity and how it impacts us in a negative way and how it impacts others in a negative way. And, uh, and I just, I was like, there's, there's so much to this that's so prevalent in all of our lives. It is extremely prevalent, but yet it's a learned behavior. I'm on this different page here. It's a learned behavior. We need to renew our mind. In Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. 
by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In Matthew fifteen eleven, Christ says here, It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. And when he made that statement, his disciples didn't understand exactly what it was. And he was like, why do you not understand this? You know, because they were talking about eating things that are unclean and, and washing of hands and so forth. And he's like, when you, what you eat is not what makes you unclean. That just goes in and goes right back out. He said, but from the heart, what comes out of your mouth is where your thoughts are. And then, of course, they, they got it. In Galatians 5.25... It talks about walking in the spirit and the spirit, the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Imagine if we walked in the spirit in all that we do. Now, talk about being able to respond positively, responding in a way that is in in Galatians um, and in Philippians to be able to, to have the fruit of the Spirit, but looking at Philippians and being able to think about whatever's true, whatever's lovely, whatever's of excellence. You know, it's easy to be able to say that, but what about when you are conflicted? When somebody conflicts you, wherever you are, it doesn't matter if it's in traffic, if it's at a restaurant, something happens that you get or didn't get that you should have gotten. We were just at a restaurant two days ago, my family and some friends, there's 15 of us, and we had, we, we had a challenging situation. We, you know, we got there, they didn't have our tables ready, and, uh, and we, we were there for probably, I don't know, an hour before we got sat, and it took an hour for us to get our food. And, and, uh, and you know, it, it, opportunities where there was you know, friction that could create a response, um, and one individual that was there got their food was not correct. I know this individual and very well, and I cringed because I knew the response that potentially could come out. And I'm sitting next to the individual, across from the individual, and I'm like, please, please don't uh, respond this way. And, and the response actually came out slightly ugly, much better than what it could have been, because it could have been extremely embarrassing. And you know what I'm talking about. Uh, not that I'm pointing at Isaac, because he was the one. He was not the one. He <laughs> But the individual in question, we know, uh, because the response is how it's affected him or her, <laughs> how it's affected him, and and that that the response is very is very caustic, you know, and it's it's and it, it negatively affects everybody. But what if the response would have been that you know what I'm. The, the meal was not fixed the way I wanted it to be, but look, this is a pretty good meal. I can eat this, and I'll say something nicely to the wait staff, and, and, uh, and then the wait staff typically is going to make it right. I know I've had it where they made it right, and I actually got more food. <laughs> that was kind of nice, right? And uh, I got to even take some home. I mean, there's some positives in literally in every situation. As I mentioned to you that I, when I was 15 and this happened to me, this, this statement um, that was not necessarily biblically founded, but you can see biblically it's important in what you can do. And, and it made a difference for me. I've always been able to see the silver lining in a dark cloud. And it's a, it, it's a gift. And, you know, when you preach, you typically you either preach on something that you have a strength in or a weakness in. I prefer to preach on what I have a weakness in. 
it's just a lot more it's it's a lot more enjoyable this is an area where i do have a strength i'll, I'll admit and I, and I was at a, a company, previous company, and a situation came out where the government was making a change in regulation. It was going to totally disrupt what the, the business that we were in, and we saw that it was going to have a massive decrease in revenue. And so we're all talking about this. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And an individual that I worked with came up to me and said, Greg, you're the spin doctor. And I, I don't really like that term, but I'm just being honest with what they said. You're the spin doctor, the spin master. Uh, how are you going to spin this? So they came to me because they saw that I always could see a silver lining behind a problem. And I went, I said, you know what? Here's what I think. And I walked through what I thought we should do. And it was like, you know, there were, there were 15 people in the room and nobody came up with a solution. We came up with that particular solution and it became a program that we not – we didn't lose revenue. We gained market share. We built our business with that. And, and so it doesn't matter what it is. You can see the good, whether it's just something that's in business or whether it's something that's more importantly is a relationship, an impact that you can have on other people and what it's going to do. What will it do for your life? What will it do for other people? What is that as far as a, a, a witness to others, to be able to see that, you know what? If you're living biblically and looking at whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is righteous, uh, whatever is of excellence, you know, when you live a life like that, whatever, in all situations. And remember, looking at that came from when there was, if you read the whole scripture, it talks about, you know, a lot of the significant challenges that are of the world and being able to walk back and say, hey, how about our response? There's a, there's a metaphor that's used multiple times in the word, twice that I saw by Paul, twice by Jesus. And it's about leaven. <clears throat> a little bit of leaven leavens the bread, meaning that a little bit of leaven will in, make that bread rise. Paul talks about it when he's talking about legalism in a negative sense that if, you know, you, you, you push on that legalism, you dwell on that legalism, it's, gonna, it's just going to spread like cancer within the church. Uh, and there was a... And then there was another one that I can't remember what the second uh, part was that Paul talked about. But then Christ, he, he talked about it as well. And, and he was talking about listening to the false teachings of the Pharisees. And, and he used that same example, 11. Well, Jesus used it first. Paul copied Jesus. And, and, uh, but then Jesus used it as a positive example. And he talked about the kingdom of heaven. And he said it's like leaven and used the exact same metaphor. And so when you think about the negative interactions that can happen and that, you know, use it as leaven, uh, and, and I, I say it's like a cancer that can really have a, a negative impact on so many different people. And as I mentioned about that graph, science, going back to science, that when you have a negative interaction, it goes down and it lingers and lingers and lingers. You have a positive interaction, elevation, and then it comes back down to baseline. It doesn't really linger. So what does that mean? You know, scientifically, we really need to spend a lot of time encouraging one another, being a blessing to other people, not letting the negative things that are happening encroach into our lives and overcome the positive. You know, I, 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 I think, you know, Satan has an advantage. 
on us. If you look at science, he has an advantage on us in the fact that this stuff lingers. But in reality, we have the advantage because of Christ that's in us. Christ is certainly much more powerful. So, if we can have the worship team come up. I will tell you, because it's a strength of mine, and I, I wish, I mean, I've got so many faults, I tell you. If, if, if the things that I told you, you go, why are you up there preaching? Um, it, 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 there's just so much in my life that, that I wish that I could do. And, I mean, I don't mean there's anything that you'd be really concerned with. But, I mean, I don't, I don't, um, I'm a worshiper. I'm not a preacher. I'm a worshiper. And, uh, and God put in my heart to worship and and I'm not in the word near the amount that I should be in. And and so it was interesting. If Heath would have asked me to preach, I probably would have said, uh, maybe you should get somebody else. I don't feel worthy. But that day that he asked me, I, I had that interaction and I, I heard a, a message from this girl that was from Colorado moving to Wilmington. And I was like, and all the stuff started going through my head. And I was like, man, there's a powerful word in there. And I don't know if I related as, as powerful as it is in my mind and thought, but there's a powerful word in there. And I even told Rebecca, I was like, you know, I feel like, I feel like God's given me something. And then Heath asked me, and I'm like, well, I don't really want to preach. <laughs> but, you know, God has better plans. Um, I told you in the beginning, the fir- very first thing was, is that given my heart to Christ. And there is a, if you have not given your heart to Christ, there is that hole in your heart that will never be filled except through Christ Jesus. I shared a word um, talking about a life of purpose, living a life of purpose. And, and I'm, I'm a firm believer of that, and Christ is that purpose and there's so many people who try to find it in all different kinds of things and they can't find it. They can't find happiness because it's not there. They can't find it in money. They can't find it in toys. And they can't find it in even family or whatever. It just can't be found. And I gave the example of, of a professional athlete who had everything you could ever imagine. And he was extremely popular. And yet he was extremely lonely you would never know it by looking at him he was extremely lonely because he didn't have christ in his heart and when that day that he asked god into his heart he was like i give up everything that i have acquired to have what i have now which is christ jesus and so first and foremost that right there will give you it gives you everything but if you are a christian let me take a step back. So if, that, if that's you, don't leave without surrendering your heart to God. If you're a Christian and you find yourself getting caught up in, in the negativity of what's going on in the world or even in your life, God is very powerful. Because I believe you can be a Christian and still struggle. I mean, it's not just I believe, it's real. You can struggle because you can, you can let the negative things that are happening overwhelm the positive in your life. 
by having your focus in the wrong place, but changing that mindset, being able to look and see what God has in store for you. So looking at science, looking at the Word of God, which is 100% true. You can see it's very easy to get sidetracked, but having the focus in the right direction will have a massive, powerful impact on your life. You will have so much more joy and excitement to be able to look at God's goodness, and there's a lot. There's a, a couple of books out there. I think one of them is called Wake Up Grateful. Another one that's a, a Thousand Gratitudes. But they, they talk about starting every day with being thankful of something. And building that thankfulness over 30 days and let it become a habit. As Paul wrote when I, that scripture that I mentioned that he has learned to be content. And that contentment is being able to enjoy what you have. Enjoy where you are. Enjoy what you can do with what you have. And you can, you can learn that trait. Focusing on those things. It's in Philippians 4. Focus on those things and be grateful and start every day something new for 30 days. Whether it's reading a book and doing it, whether it's getting with someone, a family member or a friend and challenging each other to do that. Just imagine how that would impact your life. Imagine how it would impact others. Lord, we just really thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love for us. And Father God, I just pray that you would forgive me for any time that I get stuck in looking at anything that would not be of you. Anything that's negative. Anything that Satan has a a hold. Lord, I pray that you would give me and give us the power to overcome Lord, you are good. And Father, I pray that we would take the take your word and we'd apply it to our hearts and that we'd be able to focus on what is pure, what is lovely. Focus on your goodness. Focus on your excellence. May the fruit of your spirit be very evident in our lives, especially in this dark world. Lord, you are good, and we love you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.